Hello and welcome to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics. That's comic books, everybody. Get it straight. This is the podcast where two brothers talk about comic books that they love. The only podcast in the world where two guys get together and talk about comics. Uh, I'm one of the two brothers. My name is Will Hines. I'm the other brother uh, and other comic book fan, Kevin Hines. Kevin and I are professional comedians and trainers of comedians. We both do comedy and we teach people to do comedy. So that's pretty great. Yeah. Uh, you might accidentally learn how to do comedy listening to this podcast. I can't guarantee uh, it will happen, but I also can't guarantee it won't happen. We apologize if we change your life with this podcast and make you begin to enter into the world of comedy. Yeah, if you don't want to be funny and then after you listen to this podcast, you are funny. I mean, that's our fault. Yeah. Kevin and I have a humor that's very dry mm-hmm. and dryness is the best sense of humor because it's almost unnoticeable and it's contagious. Yeah. May I say in this <laughs> pandemic era to use that word? probably shouldn't but we did we did yeah you won't know you you, you'll be uh, you won't know you have this illness of being funny yeah you're asymptomatic you'll be boring for like eight to nine days and then you'll start to just make little quips and then you'll be just Mm -hmm. then a a bemused expression will settle onto your face people will be like he's so he makes good observations hey that guy's quirky they'll say and then a couple years later you'll start to make actual jokes that people like and then a couple years after that you'll gain a charisma point yeah, one charisma point, and then shortly after that, you'll die. Yeah, sorry about that, but yeah. uh, it's, it it's could a be fatal. It's a fatal comedic talent, fatal comedic condition. Um, and um, Kevin and I are carriers. Mm-hmm. Uh, this season of the podcast, we are going over the comic book Justice League, really Justice League International. It's the incarnation that came out, started in the late '80s with Keith Giffen and J.M. DeMatteis and uh, Kevin McGuire and other other artists and uh, other artists. And um, we're on issue six today. Yeah, so we are a half a year into this run that nobody expected to be good and is probably already a hit at this point. Yeah, it's really fun. It was in it was in good form right away and it stayed that way. As we've said before, that what made this incarnation of Justice League special was instead of the usual formula of gathering all of the mightiest characters in DC Comics, they grabbed a bunch of BC listers uh, and they used humor and sort of lightness to make the stories really fun, which and which they did terrifically. Yeah, this era of DC in general, the good books, I think, leaned on characters uh, more than plots and powers, like which I think was a big part of the older DC comics. I say not really being sure of what I'm saying. But we'll stand um, behind it. We'll stand behind it times a million. But definitely a lot of the comics I was reading around Justice League International were character-y superhero stories that felt more marvel Marvel, uh, or what I would associate with Marvel. Yeah. Um, but this was like two steps into the character field because there's some issues uh, where there's no superheroics. Yeah, fights can maybe only last a page. They sometimes mm-hmm. get ended with a joke or an agreement and uh, plot goes away fast. But it's really fun read. We're, we're loving it. There's like there's definitely uh, issues of this comic where it's like, a two characters go on a date. Yeah. Um, it's a good time. It's um, When did Kurt Busiek start doing like Marvels? And um, he's, it's um, like it's five or six years later? Yeah, mid, not, mid, not, not mid at this 90s. point. Um, because that was um, 90... Five, Ooh. 96? It, it might have been know. 96, I might have been out of college already. I should just know it off the hand. Because um, the reason I say that is it feels like in a weird way that Kurt Busiek's Astro City, you know, 
coincidentally hits a lot of the same notes where it's like, hey, what if what if we just look at the non-superhero part of a superhero's lives? You know, Astro City did it way harder, of course. But like, I mean, Astro City just basically said, what if the superheroes are the background? Yeah. The, the, the epic stories are the background to this. And Marvel's as well. Like, what if these stories that you know Marvel's backwards was 94. and forwards... Okay, that's a little earlier than I thought. I, yeah. I I think I got Marvels after it came out. I think I got it collected. I can't remember for sure. Yeah, because Untold Tales was my um way into Marvels. Well, Untold okay. Tales of I take it back. This is not at all like Kurt Busiek, but it it has a sense of humor and sort of a humanity to it that reminds me of a lot of great Kurt Busiek stories. And we've talked. It's it sort of feels like an, another version of what Stan Lee was doing. Yeah, make the like, heroes human. Yeah, and not taking itself too seriously, but also kind of taking itself seriously at the same trying to trying to do both at yeah. all times. Uh, this issue is great, Kev. What do you think of this issue? Um, I think this issue is good. Uh, I, um, for me, I don't know if it's great. The gray man stuff is so um, out there. Yeah. When like the villain is just magic, it's tough for me to grab. But the character stuff is great. I love the creeper. He's in this issue. Yeah, There's some really fun stuff that happens. The the fun factor is kicked up a notch in this issue. I think, mm-hmm. uh, as we'll see. Um, uh, Kevin, do we have? Are there any per- pressing issues in the comic book industry in general that we need to cover before we get into this issue? I mean, there are no comics right now because the industry has been shut down oh, by God. the pandemic. They so are sad. coming back, I think. I think Marvel, uh, uh, what is today? May April something. May 4th. May something. We're already May 4th. May. Yeah. Um, I think end of May Marvel comics are going to start coming out. DC maybe a little bit before that. That may be premature. They may be making a huge mistake in trying to do that. But that's the announcement that they're, they are coming back. So that is a good sign. That's not too long a break with no comics. Uh, and I, less about, oh, I don't have a comic book to read um, because I've been just reading old stuff and it's great for me. But more just like the people who make comics, if they're not getting a comic out every month, they're not getting yeah. paid. Yeah. So it's important that these comics keep coming out so that the people who make a livelihood doing it can continue to make a livelihood doing it. Um, Marvel and DC will be fine, but the guy who writes for Marvel and DC might not be. And for sure, the guys who write independent books might not be. Well, we're on their side, so mm-hmm. buy all their books, everybody. Yeah, buy everyone's books. Um, if you go to a comic shop and you don't leave with one copy of everything, you, you don't, don't support like comics. people. You, you don't, don't support comics. You don't like people or humans. You're a bad guy. You're Mr. Potter from It's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, you're the gray man. Thanks a lot. Um, okay, let's uh, let's get into it. Sure. So uh, the cover, issue six, possessed by the power of the gray man, and we see Captain Marvel slash Shazam, as dumb people refer to him, uh, is holding a rock over his head, and he's about to crush it onto John Jones, the Martian Manhunter. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this would bother John Jones. That rock isn't that big. He's really strong. He probably could shake it off. But it's, still, Cap- it's not. It's rude, if nothing else. Well, Captain Marvel's throwing it. There could be a lot of momentum behind that. I mean, this it's is still a, guy a rock. Who's got- I think it will just turn to dust around Cap uh, John Jones, and they'll just laugh it off. But look how red Captain Marvel's eyes are. You know he's evil. Sure, I know he's evil. But I mean, if he really it's- wanted to hurt John Jones, he should be throwing a, a building on him. It's going to hurt his feelings, though. Where we we can agree, it's definitely rude. Yeah, I, you're not getting invited over. For dinner after this. How strong is Captain Marvel? He's got the ripped off powers of Superman, right? So he's as strong as Superman? 
Yeah, I think they Comparable. he probably he probably comes in a tick underneath Superman, but so I would say the same for John Jones. I probably would put Captain Marvel between John Jones and Superman, but they're all like so super powerful that mm. it's barely who cares the difference. Yeah, these guys would be fun in a UFC fight. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the takeaway from this. Um, well, it's a good cover. Nice, simple, powerful. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, let's cut to the splash page. This is a iconic, not iconic, but it is a very representative uh, image of the Justice League. Yes. Uh, it, it is just their faces. Everybody kind of having a slightly different facial expression. Kevin Maguire can really flex. Um, it's sort of comedic. Talents. Like they, they all look, they're all kind of going like, oh, ew, what? Like they look like baffled. Yeah, you get a little of their personality too. Batman is sort of gritting his teeth angry. Uh, Booster Gold sort of looks shocked. Straight, straight up shocked. John Jones is like like shocked, but a more calm, confident shocked, like he's mid-word. Yeah. Blue Beetle looks uncomfortable with what he sees. <laughs> he looks like he looks like Rodney Dangerfield style, about to pull his collar with his finger, kind of like uh, Mr. Miracle looks sort of grossed out. Yeah. Uh kind of nobly appalled. And then the creeper just looks super psyched. Yeah, the creeper looks sort of like, I mean, he's got that jokery smile. He sort of seems like, isn't this funny? Isn't this funny what you guys have to deal with? Yeah, the maniacal joker energy. Uh, the caption says Stone Ridge, Vermont, and the title, oh yeah, sometimes the cover has a different title than the issue. The title, the title here in the issue is Massacre in Gray. And Kevin, that's a reference to Rhapsody in Blue. I know you're not cultured, and you're like a lowbrow, salt-of-the-earth type. I mean, that's uh, you're insulting me, but I did not catch that reference, so thank you. <laughs> um, so, but this is sort of like you were in the middle of a dramatic situation. It's about to be revealed that there's a town that basically has been turned into some mythical magic death town. Well, it was already sort of revealed in the, the last page of last issue, so it's just sort of reminding you in a fun way. Yeah, but uh, we there's, there's comedy in this page. There's sort of comedy and drama mm-hmm. in this page. Um, on the first page, yeah, we are, we get another look at the town. Like Kevin said, we also saw this at the end of last issue and it's like a sleepy little new England town that has been transformed by a magic villain into what looks like a coral reef slash skeleton city. This really looks like something out of Sandman. It's sort of like a necropolis kind of like land of the dead sort of vibe. Yeah. Like an Arkham horror type of, um, the old ones have risen and reshaped the world to their liking. And uh, it looks gross, and the creeper loves it. Is this my county town or what? He says. And um, the Justice League is taking it all in, and they're and they're freaked out. Yeah, Batman says we've got eyes we can see. To which the creeper responds, "Actually, Batsy boy, you've got white slits, but why nitpick?" Kind of making fun of the fact that you never really see the pupils in Batman's eyes in this era. Now that's some Justice League humor right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That meta, that meta ness. It's it's like. It's oxygen to me. It keeps me alive. Right. I mean, we Creeper must know that Batman actually has eyes, right? I assume so, but Creeper's so nuts. Creeper still has tons of abs. Creeper's still really jacked. Uh, it's not a superhero character if you're just not unnecessarily musculature. And even though he's a madman, the dude has been avoiding carbs and working on his core. So is Mr. Miracle, I'm jumping ahead to the next panel, is he the sort of guy that you'd get sick of always bringing up Apocalypse to you? Because yes. he immediately says, this reminds me of Apocalypse. It seems like he's bringing that up a lot. Like he's somebody who went to Paris for a summer <laughs> and just keeps bringing it up. And it's like, oh, geez. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like Paris, I guess. 
Yeah, kind of like, and when he does it, he gets more of an apocalypse accent. It's like, you weren't talking like that a second ago. Yeah. He goes, it's enforced madness, like something out of my childhood on apocalypse. Where'd you guys grow up? John Jones doesn't really take the bait on that. If you grew up in an environment like this, Mr. Miracle, then my heart goes out to you. I guess he does take the bait. He's ready to talk about it. Yeah. Just what Mr. Miracle wants. He just wants to talk about how he was raised by one of the evilest creatures in the universe. Given away by his own father, blah, yeah, blah, blah. Who he's cares? a child of New Genesis. You know, he's basically Luke Skywalker if Luke mm-hmm. got raised by Darth Vader. Yes, that's right. No, that's <laughs> not right because Luke is Darth's son. It doesn't work out. Yeah. Never mind. It'd be if Obi-Wan gave his son to Darth Vader. Okay, yeah, that's right. Obi-Wan didn't have a son, but... That we know about. Hmm. Lots of movies left. Star Wars 10. Um... And then we get a little running gag in the third panel of this page. They're talking about Mr. Miracle changes the subject from Apocalypse, not much like him, just to remind everybody that Captain Marvel is trapped in this town because Captain Marvel went ahead to see what was up. And Batman's response to the idea of Captain Marvel being missing is, but is he alive? And Blue Beetle looks very concerned. You don't think. Batman's like, we're not dealing with a common criminal here, Beetle. The gray man has taken down Dr. Fate. I'd say he's capable of taking us all down. And then we get a little running gag for the issue established. That's right. Uh, Blue Beetle says, so naturally we're going in there? Batman Batman says, says, naturally. Mm -hmm. That's some good, that's action movie joke. Mm -hmm. You know, the good guys got to go in there. Yeah. Blue Beetle, it's fun. Like, (laughs) it's weird. Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, who desperately want to be part of the Justice League, constantly talk about not wanting to be involved in whatever they're doing. So then we, I know they're, they're just sort of like slackers. They like seem to barely want to be superheroes. They're like, they're like sort of like genius students who complain about homework all the time. It was two issues ago that Blue Beetle was complaining that he's not getting enough action and Booster Gold desperately wanted to be included. And now they're sort of just creeped out and like, can we go home? Hey, it's funnier. I'm in, as a, as a comedian, I approve of that move. I think they're steering into the joke. They, they, they're not afraid. Two on the nose. Um, so we turn the page and we see the gray man. The gray man is dressed very dapper. He's got a good J. Crew outfit. He's got a nice turtleneck. There's a good green pullover. But the yeah. guy looks peeved. I would say he's peeved on an order of magnitude of about seven. He's mad about his life. I think we learned his origin last issue that he tried to approach the Lords of Order to learn about them. And they cursed him with the yeah. uh, by making him the gray man where he had to like walk around and gather, I don't know, some sort of magic essence from Dream people when they essence. died. Yeah. Uh he was a pawn of the Lord of Order, but then he secretly stashed away enough dream essence that he was supposed to be collecting for them, and he kept it to make himself a sort of little mini-god. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of recaps some of that, and then he notices that the Justice League is approaching, and, he and he's mad about to send it. Captain Marvel in. And yeah, we reveal that he's got Dr. Fate and Captain Marvel in prison, which is, that's, some, that's two heavy hitters he's taken down. Yeah, he had Dr. Fate last issue. Yes, and now he's got Captain Marvel also. also Between um, issues, this guy does good work. He, uh, he, he uses his time in the lockdown, which is the period I'm calling between issues. He uses it well. Mm-hmm. Um, Great Man kind of looks like Harlan Ellison, the science fiction writer. I wonder if that's um, on purpose. I'm sure it's not. Um, but nonetheless, I'm going to say it. Harlan Ellison, the guy who wrote... Um, some Star Trek. He wrote some, yeah, wrote some famous Star Trek episodes and... Um, he just wrote a ton of sci-fi and is good. Yeah. And he's a real weirdo of a character. I mean, he's a, he's an odd, he's an oddball. I think even he would yeah. agree with that, but, uh, but he's never tried to take over the world by turning everyone into gray men. 
I'm sure he'd want to. Hmm. Um, okay, so Dr. Fate manages to wrangle free of his prison just enough to speak to the gray man, and he basically tells the gray man to give up. He's got no reason to do such evil. And um, and that, that's, when we, that's when we get the exposition. The gray man reminds us of his how he was trapped and he was a prisoner and he's super mad about it. Yeah. Dr. Fate telling him to give up is uh, uh, kind of ballsy when you're completely captured. Yeah, you're there paralyzed, floating in the air. He took you down in seconds. You're like, why don't you give up? You got to mm-hmm. admire that. That's, that's an impressive negotiation tactic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dr. Fate has confidence. Um, so, but doc, that makes the gray man angry, and we see the gray man, his eyes start glowing, and then Captain Marvel's eyes start glowing, which means gray man is up to something using Captain Marvel. That's right. And we saw the cover, so we know it probably involves dropping moderately sized rocks on top of the heroes. Yeah, the, the glow in his eyes says moderately sized rocks. So mm-hmm. we cut away from that and we cut to the middle of what used to be Stone Ridge, Vermont, and the Justice League is sort of inspecting the townspeople who were all unconscious on the ground. Yeah, they're sort of checking pulses. Everyone seems uh, alive, but comatose. Um, you know, Booster's just sort of hanging out. I mean, yeah, Booster seems. Booster's kind of, kind of chill, and uh, he seems kind of nervous. Oh, this is there's like a little funny thing. Like they're seeing the gray man. Funny. The gray man has sucked the essence out of all these people. They're alive but unconscious. And um, Booster points out, if we keep standing around out here in the open, he, the gray man, is going to be finding us pretty soon. And Batman's response is, "Good idea, Booster." Yeah, we'll stay right here where we are and let him come to us. And Booster's like, "But no, I wasn't suggesting." I like the way you think. Keep up the good work. Then Booster has a little aside with the Black Canary. Was he kidding or what? And Black, yeah, Black Canary says, uh, well, I seem to remember him making a joke once. It was, let me see now, four, no, five years ago. Not accurate. He's made one joke in the series already. Not Yeah, he's making like one or two issues. Yeah. But um, it's we're, we're getting it. That's some classic JL banter right there. That's right. It's fun. It is unclear whether Batman, I mean, he must be joking because Batman is like one of the most competent, smartest superheroes to not realize that Booster Gold is nervous. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I think Batman is on to it. Now we have to deal with the Creeper. The Creeper, no, the Creeper's here first. The Creeper seems to know what's going on, but Batman can't get him to say what's going on. And he's Batman starts to like try to demand that Creeper spill whatever info he has, but he's interrupted by Captain Marvel slash Shazam, two people who don't know what they're talking about. And mm-hmm. he's standing up in a building nearby and he's got gray hair, which indicates he's being and glowing yellow eyes, which says like controlled by evil dude. Yeah. By the gray haired evil dude who talks about gray all the time. If you're going to work for me, you're going to you dye your hair gray. Yeah, we have a dress code at this company, and it's a smart-looking turtleneck and full luscious gray hair. And as a bald man, I, I'll sign me up. Yeah, I take that full head of gray hair. Oh, yeah, baby. I'll, fl- I'll jump off buildings and attack whatever Justice League you want. I, yeah, Captain Marvel swoops down and grabs Booster Gold and Black Canary and flies off. Um, and Batman's reaction is like, oh, terrific. It's kind of, kind of, a, <laughs> kind of an understated reaction. Um, yeah. Now this is this, this this sequence is where I'm feeling like this is sort of like peak Justice League because now we're in a situation that is sort of like high stakes action, but it's also really funny. I mean, like Captain Marvel let loose on the league. That is 
terrifying. He's like sure. an incredibly, he's the world's mightiest mortal for heaven's sakes. That's, that's his tagline. And they did, he didn't get that by accident. And uh, a bunch of gods gave him their power. You know, that's mm-hmm. nuts. And uh, he is now their enemy. So this is scary. But everyone's kind of also. Hey, making... did you mention gods? Did you know that Mr. Miracle is a new god from the planet of oh, Apocalypse? Mr. Miracle, drop it already. Would you drop it? Sick of hearing about Apocalypse. Enough. Um, but we got like jokes like Captain Marvel's flying away with the beetle and canary. And. Um, uh, uh, and flings them into the air, sort of throws them up into the air. And Booster Gold says, uh, Canary, I'm not really up in everyone's powers. You can fly, can't you? And she goes, just very calmly, no. And then Booster goes, no? And then she kind of shouts, no. And uh, he's like, yeah. oh. It's a and, pretty uh, understandable pretty th- mistake because her name is Canary. Canaries can fly. That's right. Um, I'm on Booster Gold's side. She should be able to fly. Yeah, he can. His name's Booster, which implies flight, and he can. And um, so Batman immediately starts issuing orders. This is like one way that like comic book writers love to let you know who the leader is. They bark orders that are sort of obvious at everybody. Yes, and like whenever it's like Cap, whenever it's like a Marvel comic and Captain America is around, he's always like, you know, Spider Man, get the forks, uh, thing. You cover the door. Take everybody's name down. Like it's always like whoever's yeah. given the orders is high status or whatever. I mean, some of it is yeah, saying who goes what direction can be helpful in the middle of a battle, right? I don't Batman think so. tells Martian Manhunter to take down Captain Marvel and Mr. Miracle to catch Black Canary and no one to worry about Booster. Right. That's an important assignment. I, I like this bit where he tells uh, John Jones, you nail Marvel. Don't hold back. Do you hear me? Yeah, which that's saying something, right? Because we know that John Jones can really pack a punch. But it shows how nervous Batman is about dealing with uh, Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, so we, then we cut to Mr. Miracle, who on his little like flying discs, the very cool Jack Kirby design, like whatever they're called, anti-gravity discs or telediscs yeah. or whatever they are, um, is going after Black Canary. And uh, she doesn't want it. She doesn't want him to save her. Yeah. Go away. I can save myself. He goes, how? Uh, she goes, I haven't I- figured it out yet. Very funny. Then he catches her. Don't worry, I've got you. And she's like, I don't want to be got. I hate being saved. And he says, yeah. what if I promise to let you save me next time? <laughs> yep. Uh, and then uh, they agree on that. <laughs> yeah, she very goes, nice. swear. He goes, swear. Then she goes, then it's okay. This once. Yeah, it's very nice. It is a fun moment. This, um, is, ju- this is Justice League, baby. 50% <laughs> jokes, 50% stakes. Yeah. Uh, uh, Martian Manhunter then swoops in on Captain Marvel, who hits him hard. There's an enormous word wham behind Captain Marvel, and he slams John Jones into the street, it looks like, knocks him back and down and into the street, sort of. Yeah, but John Jones isn't really hurt that hard. He stands up, he basically says, I'm not amused. Yeah, he is knocked down, right? That says something. But yeah, he seems to be all right. And Gray Man speaking through Captain Marvel, which we know because it's in italics, which is the comic book sign for I'm being possessed. Mm-hmm. Captain Marvel says, uh, I am amused. This is exhilarating. This is fun. I could incinerate you with a single spell, but I much prefer it this way. The little aside to let us know why the gray man isn't using his massive powers to just like snap his fingers and win. And then Martian Manhunter hits Captain Marvel with an enormous boulder and goes, so do I. He also prefers it this way. Yes. And uh, it's kind of like a, you know, he's, Baseball practice. He's like swinging this rock like a bat and he's knocking Captain Marvel to right field, basically. Um, meanwhile, the, just, the rest of the Justice League is sort of 
conferring. Canary's been saved. Booster Gold has retur- uh, returned. And um, they're going to decide what to do next. Yeah. Um, uh, they're worried about uh, Captain Marvel. Batman says, John can handle it. To which Booster says, you hope. And then we get a little narration from Batman about how awesome John Jones is. John Jones has been at this game even longer than I have, Booster. He's the only member of this team I don't feel I have to nursemaid. And then somebody, maybe Booster, maybe Beetle. Gee whiz, that sure makes the rest of us feel good. I'm going to guess Beetle. It definitely is, because on the next page, Batman says, spare us the jokes, Beetle. Oh, yeah. And then Beetle says I wasn't joking. Meanwhile, Captain Marvel and uh, John Jones are sort of exchanging blows. Um... They seem to be kind of equally matched, sort of. Which makes sense. As I said, I think he's probably a hair stronger, though Captain Marvel is, or John Jones is more trained and, and more uh, has more varied powers at his disposal. Why so many punches to the jaw? You don't think it makes more sense to get some gut punches in or to try to like hurl people underground or whatever? No, I mean, a jaw, a good hit in the jaw should take you down instantly. Gut I punches so. aren't necessarily going to take you out. Then we cut to the gray man in his little headquarters and he's straining. This is more difficult than he expected. Yes. Um, Dr. Fate is sort of taunting him. Not as easy as you thought, is it? And gray man's like, it's effortless, but he's sweating and he's He's, obviously straining. He's sweating a ton. It's flop sweat. Uh, Dr. Fate keeps taunting him. Captain Marvel's power is mystical in origin. Even his mind, even in his comatose state, his mind resists you. And uh, Gray Man says, no, it's effortless. But then we cut back to Captain Marvel and the Gray Man's hold wears off. And we see Captain Marvel's jet black hair goes from gay to gray to gay. Gray to jet black. Uh, was accidentally homophobic there almost. And then um, goes from gray hair to jet black. And then his sort of all white pupils, the, the, the pupils come back. He goes from little orphan Annie eyes to like regular superhero eyes, which means he's back. But John Jones has already wound up a punch and socks him one. Yeah, he hits him into a wall hard and then sort of realizes what happens. He, he says, Captain Marvel, and Captain Marvel's response is just, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, uh, is it really you? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sorry, I was dazed. I didn't notice the shift in minds at first. Did I hurt you? Uh-huh. <laughs> Which is a very comedic um, exchange. Slapstick. And, well, um, I think this is where we should take our break. Oh, smart. Uh, all right, everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, it's us again, your hosts, Kevin and Will Hines, and we want to hear from you. That's right. You can email us at screwitspidey at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at screwitcomics. We also have an Instagram account where we post images from the comics that we talk about, and that's screwitcomics on Instagram. That's three different ways to connect with us. Tell us your thoughts about the issues we're talking about, or the format of the show, or our life choices that have led us to this point. Reach out and tell us anything, honestly, and we might talk about it on a future episode of this podcast. Thanks for listening to Screw It. We're just going to talk about comics from Campfire Media. And we are back. Um, I guess ca- now that Captain Marvel's subdued, we can cut away from the action because we go to Maxwell Lord's office. Maxwell Lord, the man who has just assumed control of the Justice League through charm and wile. 
Yes. Uh, and he's having a meeting with somebody, and the only thing we know about it from the first panel is he's wearing a Green Lantern ring, uh, and is and he's Mr. Jordan. So who could that be? We don't know. It's probably John Stewart or Kilowog. Yeah. Uh, we know it's not Guy Gardner because he has been knocked out by Batman last issue and is still uh, presumably unconscious at the <laughs> Justice League headquarters. Uh, Hal Jordan is here to complain to Maxwell Lord about what's going on with the league. Somehow people know to go to Maxwell Lord with that? Yeah. Uh, and Maxwell Lord just sort of decided he was in charge and everyone accepted it. It is ballsy. It's why the rich, it's why the rich run this world. And I support that. Okay. I'm not with Bernie Sanders. I'm, I fight for the 1%. (laughs) Mm, Okay. Good for you. Someone's got to. Yep. I stand up for the 1% attractive models and actors. Those are the people that I defend. Actors or successful actors. Okay. Superstar actors. Yeah. Those character actors and people fighting for day roles can take care of themselves. Yeah. Who's going to look out for George Clooney? Will Hines is going to, I got your back, George. Um, so Hal Jordan is complaining that this new league is, you know, below the league's dignity and, you know, Green Lantern is a member of the original league and it sort of offends him. And uh, we're left with a little cryptic, you know, Hal Jordan basically kind of storms out. Yeah. Uh, Maxwell's sort of rude to him um, and he gets mad and leaves, understandably so. And then, yeah, Maxwell Lord thinks to himself, I don't think we'll screw up anything, Jordan. You'll see. We never make mistakes. We? We? What's the, what's the we? What's, what's going he talking on about? What's he? What's well, going on? I'm sure we'll find out on the next page. Let me look at the next. What? We cut away. <laughs> uh, oh, and no. we're back to the movie theater where uh, the gray man is holding Dr. Fate. Yeah, he's in a movie theater where the movie playing is The Living Daylights, Timothy Dalton. Is that because Timothy, is this a comment that Timothy Dalton is the gray man of James Bond stars? I don't think so. I think it was maybe just a movie that was out at that time. Ah, ah, ah. But is it a comment, The Living Daylights? Is this referred to the dream essence that the gray man takes? That might be the case. Or it mm-hmm. might just be that mm-hmm. James Bond, mm-hmm. uh, that Timothy Dalton is underrated as a James Bond. Uh, or... James Bond. Just like the, the Justice League is underrated as a Justice League team. I'll take that. So uh, the Creeper is standing on top of the movie marquee, and he's being really weird. Yoo-hoo, fellas, over here. And uh, he's leading them to the Gray Man, right? He's yes. kind of helping them while he's being annoying. Uh, yeah. On the next panel, he says, let's not get testy, Canary. Black Canary. If you must know, I found your friend, the Gray Man. Batman goes, Where? Oh, hello, Batman. How are you? Would you do me a favor? Send my best to Robin the next time you... And Batman interrupts him and just goes, where? Uh, And the creeper's like, right in this theater. And of course, they storm in and they see Dr. Fate and the Gray Man engaged in some sort of like, you know, magic battle. Yeah, Dr. Fate has freed himself and is blasting the Gray Man with his, you know, Dr. Fate beams. You know that you know the difference between magic beams and like laser beams. Magic beams tend to involve circles and like spirals and spikes. Laser beams are always like straight lines and like blocks. Yeah, the the Doctor Fate beams sort of curve out and then swoop in. They're very Ditko-y. fluid. You know, they're like more mm-hmm. like water. Yeah, I love them. Uh, I do um, love the so, design of Doctor Fate. I have never. I I enjoyed one run of Doctor Fate that I read. Most of the time, I don't really enjoy him as a character, but I love his look. Well, as a casual DC guy myself, and I don't know a ton about DC characters in general, I don't really mm-hmm. know anything about Dr. Fate. I don't know what his personality is, really. I don't either. I don't think he has much of one. Uh-oh, that's a problem. Or classic Dr. Fate doesn't. 
Um, the run I enjoy was written by William Messner Loeb's. It was basically where um, you love like Doctor Fate's wife took over for Doctor Fate mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. was sort of inexperienced at it and basically focused her powers, which are all she's all powerful, but basically focused on like fixing potholes <laughs> and stopping uh, um, graffiti, like basically local crime, and like made her little neighborhood into like this sort of utopia. That's uh, fun. And what kind of goes from there? It's a really, really, really great run. Uh, meanwhile, back here in Justice League, uh, Blue Beetle is scared to get involved. He's like, hey, we can't get involved in that. We're talking mystic combat here. This is, excuse the expression, out of our league. And Booster, fellow coward to Blue yeah. Beetle, says, I agree with the Beetle Batman. Sorcery and superheroics don't. And then they notice the Batman's not responding. They go, Batman, and then in very small letters, we're going in, right? Batman just says, right. Yeah, this is the running gag of when it's over their head, the league goes in anyway. I guess a lot of the comedy in Justice League is like action movie quips. You know what I mean? Like, just like tough guys being tough. It is. I mean, it's a little, I mean, and this is also true of action movie quips. It's a little hokey, right? It's a little, it's a little dumb, the humor. But, like, if you look at most action movies, even really good action movies, even if movies like Die Hard and stuff, if you, like, just read the jokes written on a paper, you're like, this joke is sort of dumb. And, like, it depends on a charismatic lead delivering that line, uh, which, yeah. you know, the good ones are good at. The people I'm defending. <laughs> That's right. You um, defend Bruce Willis. Yeah, Bruce Willis, uh, a younger Arnold Schwarzenegger. Tom Cruise. Yeah, um... Who's the guy that plays Deadpool? Ryan Reynolds. Sure. He's funny. Yeah. Okay. Um, definitely, definitely charismatic. And, um, okay, so the league's getting involved. Dr. Fate is trying to fight the gray man. And the league is kind of like, I guess, like walking, just walking up to the stage. And then the gray man summons a lot of his clones because that was part of his job when he was imprisoned by the Lords of Order was to manage a series of his own clones. And now he's ordering those clones to come and collapse. He creates them, whatever, out of thin air to come and fight the League. I mean, at this point, the Justice League has been winnowed down to its least powerful members, right? Uh, Green Lantern's not there. Uh, John Jones, not there. Captain Marvel, not there. Dr. Fate's already sort of involved off to the side. But this leaves Batman, Blue Beetle, Black Canary, Mr. Miracle, all of whom are normal strength They don't have superpowers, yeah. Booster Gold has a suit that makes him stronger, but I think, like... Not not John Jones strong. Not even Spider-Man strong, I would say. He, he might be in that range. I don't know. It, it, I haven't seen a chart. but um, I love those charts. But Marvel I was big it, on those charts. I think it would be fair to put him in the Spider-Man range. Okay, that's pretty good. Of, of like, he can't, if Superman punches him, he's going down. But if Spider-Man punches him, he can take it for, uh, you know, a few punches. But anyway, uh, if Booster Gold's your powerhouse, you're in trouble. Right, so the underpowered league turns to face the clones of the Gray Men. Beetle tries counting them. Uh, <laughs> right. Bla- Black, Canary, Black Canary goes, there's dozens, Gray Men, dozens of them. Beetle's like, you really think there's that many? Let me see. One, two, three, four. Yeah, it's a, almost a Bugs Bunny move. Reading jail dialogue out loud hurts it, I think. Like, in my head, it's so funny and I love it. But when we read it out loud, I'm always, like, a little embarrassed. I'm like, oh, that, this is sort of corny. I, but I, I love it. Like when, I mean, I read it right before we did this episode and I was like, oh, it's really funny. When yeah. I say it out loud, it's like, it's kind of cornball, but maybe that line is fun very about funny. It. it makes no sense. Who would stop and do that? But, uh, Blue Beetle did. 
He's still counting later on, a few panels later. 19, 20, 21, 20, and Batman has to move him out of the way. And Beetle goes, whoops, get back, Beetle. If one of them so much as touches you, you're as good as Booster, look out. And then the gray man touches Booster. His hand goes right through Booster, and Booster says a very Justice League thing. Now, isn't that interesting? His hand went right inside me. Boy, oh, boy, just when you think you've seen, and then he collapses. Yeah, and Booster Gold had his force field up, too, so it wasn't like he was slacking off. Um, the gray men are coming for the Justice League, and in pretty short order, they're in trouble, right? Like... Yeah, well, Booster Gold falls, and Beetle goes, what about Booster? And Batman just basically says, we can't help him now. We've got to help ourselves. They leave Booster Gold behind. So, uh, so again, and I said Booster Gold, the most powerful member left at that point. And he's out. He's out. So, weirdly, the Gray Man starts threatening the League. He's kind of giving his, I'm about to finish you speech. And the Creeper, out of nowhere, leaps from behind the Gray Man. I don't know how he snuck up on a dude that seems to be sort of a gond, but he does. And he grabs him from behind and sort of a, you know, jumping on his back and wrapping his hand around his face. And that that distracts the gray man. That knocks him over and giving Dr. Fate enough time to put a protective bubble around the League and gray man, saving them from the the horde of gray man clones. Yes. Uh, uh, Creeper's just sort of sitting on the back of the omnipotent gray man, which seems like that shouldn't work at all. And seems it doesn't like that work for work. very long. Um. Uh, the creeper puts a thumbs up to the leak. Don't worry about him. I'm just going to sit here till his mother comes and takes him home. Pretty confident move that doesn't work. The gray man kicks him off easily, summons and manifests a bunch of bunch of clones of himself within the protective bubble. Yeah, takes out creeper by touching him with an arm that grew out of the gray man's back. Um, uh, uh, Mr. Miracle leaps into the battle and gets touched and he's down. Uh, then, uh, then with one swipe... Um, either a clone or the original gray man. It's sort of hard to tell. Puts his arm through beetle and canary. They're down. And then Batman's down. Yeah. If Batman's down, you're out. It's over. Justice League uh, can't win. And then the gray man slash Harlan Ellison slash turtleneck gray pullover, green pullover man says, I believe Dr. Fate that a surrender is in order. If you, you, you may, if you wish drop to your knees and grovel. Um, and they, they start collapsing in on him. And Dr. Fate pulls out a trump card of sorts. It's a pretty good trump card. He goes, Gray Man, I pity you. I've tried and tried to get through to you to make you see the foolishness of what you've done. But now, uh, uh, Gray Man interrupts, now you're not your master, but you're too terrified to admit it. Dr. Fate continues, my master? Do you really think that absorbing dream essence can make you equal to the Lords of Order? I don't know anything about the Lords of Order, so I don't know if that's true. Yeah, maybe, 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 maybe that's right. Maybe dream essence does make you equal. Uh, Dr. Vay continues, can make you equal to me? You pathetic little man. I've been holding back in order to help you. But now I see that you're beyond help. And so I do what must be done to rid the world of you. Uh, and the, with that, the entire building, the movie theater, and everybody in it vanishes in sort of like pink ether. Yeah. And we cut to John Jones is standing outside seeing that it's vanished. Takes it pretty well, I'd say. Uh, all of them gone. But gone where? His face is very stoic. With fate mm-hmm. and the gray man involved, it's surely no place on earth or any other world. Which means for now I'm utterly helpless. Yes, for now. But I'll have to find a way. Uh, but I'll find a way to reach them. I have to. That's the, vo- that's the tone I'm imagining. Yeah. Uh, and and Captain Marvel's unconscious in the ground, so he kind of scoops him up to bring him back to headquarters to heal. Yeah, so he just leaves. He takes Captain Marvel and flies off, and that's how that issue ends. Cliffhanger. Um, Martian Manhunter 
who's I think a very fun character throughout this run, still hasn't found his voice. He finds it um, in issue eight, I think, is when he really becomes himself, when he is put in charge of the Justice League. He's kind of the bemused, beleaguered den mother. He's much more fun as the the mom of the group than he is as sort of the Spock of the group. Right. Um, he's, he's, he's had some moments like that, but it's going to really start coming out soon. Um, that's a great issue, Kevin. What'd you think? I think it's pretty good. Um, what, what's your highlight? Uh, my highlight. Good question, Will Hines. Um, it is probably... I know your highlight. Even if you don't know what it is, I know what um, it what is. What is my highlight? Your highlight is when Batman says, don't hold back. Oh, that is a good moment. That wasn't what I was thinking. Um, I think, I mean, I love all the creeper stuff is really fun. I just, I just genuinely love the creeper. Um, so probably him sitting on the back of the gray man is sort of a fun moment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yes, also Batman telling, uh, I do like that moment. Batman telling Martian Manhunter to take out a Captain Marvel. I think my highlight, just because I think it's very representative of the league, it's not even really like a high point of the issue, is when Canary's falling and Mr. Miracle's saving her. And she's like, I don't want to be saved. And he's like, well, how are you going to f- save yourself? She's like, I haven't figured that out yet. Like that little exchange yeah. is really fun. And I was thinking I, that too. I also love seeing Mr. Miracle in action. He's very fun. I mean, these characters have great visual design. We got a, how many Kirby's and Ditko's do we have? We got a, Ditko's a creeper, Beatles a, uh, Beatles a Ditko. Mm-hmm. Creeper's a Ditko, uh, Mr. Miracle is a Kirby, Oberon's a Kirby. I mean, technically he's in the league, even though we never mm-hmm. see him. I guess that's it, but that's a lot. Yeah, but I mean, you also have iconic, I mean, Martian Manhunter's been around for a long time, Batman's around for a long time. Those two guys are iconic characters. Yeah. Um, Dr. Fate. Captain Marvel. I mean, Captain Marvel. I mean, Dr. Fate is a Justice Society character. He's been around forever. I didn't know that. These are designs that have stood the test of time, Those those few. It's weird how designing costumes is such a, there's an art to it. I think when I was a kid, I was like, whatever, you stick a cape on these people, what are the powers? But then you, you get a little bit older, you're like, oh no, that's like a huge part of the character's impact. Yes. That's um, true, Bill Hines. Uh, well, those are our highlights, and that's the issue. Kevin, do we have any emails? We have a lot of emails, Will. How would other people email us if they want to get in this queue? Okay, if you want to email us, send us uh, send us an email to the address. If you want to email us, send us an email. Great. Yeah, go it's on. a little bit redundant. I need to go through the whole thing. If you want to send us an email, open up your email browser. Uh, start typing an email. Send the email to the email address, screwitspidey at gmail, which is a leftover from our first season when we were exclusively Spider-Man. Uh, screwitspidey at gmail. We'd love to hear anything you have to think about. Justice League, certainly, or any comics or anything we've ever talked about or any anything comics. Let us know. Um, and uh, we also have a Twitter account, which is Screw It Comics, and we have an Instagram account, Screw It Comics. Uh, Kevin puts screenshots of the comics we're talking about on the Screw It Comics Instagram, and it's really fun. We also have Screw It Recent, which are just comics that Kevin is reading, which is worth following because Kevin is an aficionado with exquisite taste. He's a sommelier of the uh, comic book world, and you will like the samples he brings to you. And then we also got Screw It Spidey Instagram. Just every now and then we do some Spidey stuff there. Yeah, that's right. And all the old Ditko Spider-Man stuff is sort of archived there. Uh, our first email comes from Patrick in D.C. Hmm. Hello, Patrick. Uh, love the show. Uh, what's your optimal JLA lineup? Two qualifications. You have you can only have one of Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. That's a smart. And you have to have seven members total. That's, this is pretty fair. Well, I'm gonna have Batman because I know he works. <laughs> Great. 
Um, cause I just, I love him in justice league. Yes. He's, he's a fun character. Uh, and then I'm just not, I'm not that much of a DC guy, unfortunately. So my, who I can pick is sort of limited. Kevin, I might, I might have to defer to you. Like I, I definitely like it being a random assortment, you know, like I mm-hmm. want it to be sort of like that guy, you know? Yeah. I mean, I like, um, I don't like it, uh, uh, even though it makes complete sense why, and some of my favorite runs have been this, I don't necessarily lean towards the seven best DC characters or seven most powerful characters. So he's got uh, fun personalities. It, yeah. It gets a little boring when you kind of get too powerful. Um, okay. I have a pitch. Okay. How about Swamp Thing's girlfriend, the girl with the white hair? <laughs> sure. Abby? Abby, yeah. Like, um, Abby Holland, maybe? Yeah. Why not Swamp Thing? <laughs> well, I, I thought of Swamp Thing first, but mm-hmm. then I was like, I remember in League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, the Alan Moore series, how Mina Harker is in the League, but not Dracula. She's someone who, like, survives the attack on Dracula, and so yeah. she's in the League, but Dracula is nowhere to be found. And I was like, it's kind of fun. It's kind of, it, it makes you depend on the personality more than the powers. So, I'm, uh, you know, it's a random yeah. pick, but I'm going to pick Abby Swamp Thing's girlfriend. Okay. I'm going to take, uh, I'm also going to start with Batman. Uh, just because. Why don't we build one roster together? Because I can't do it all myself. Okay. Um, so, so first you need uh, a powerhouse. Mm-hmm. And I say we take uh, Supergirl. Okay. Yeah. That's super powerful, obviously. Sure. Yeah. She's fun. She doesn't get, I think it'd be fun to see her in the Justice League without Superman. Okay. Um, who's the weirdest fl- fast guy? Who's the weirdest flash fast guy? So, I mean, there's the flash. Nope. Too, too real, too big. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's any other, like there's just all derivatives of the flash, right? There's like the kid flash called impulse. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. but he's no good. Um, yeah, I don't know of anyone. I mean, in in DC, like they're all just sort of flash people. Okay, my next pick is. <laughs> I, I can't say my. It's too dumb. Who's your sort of wild card? It would be Batman normally, but if Batman's your only big gun, he's sort of the leader de facto. So who's your Wolverine, the guy who kind of goes off on his own, and gets into trouble? Um, who would that be? Uh, I just don't know. Tigra. Uh, <laughs> That's Marvel. Oh. Um, who's the one I'm thinking of? Teen Titans. Um, uh, I don't know. This uh, uh, the Teen Titans are not Robin, Cyborg, Cyborg, not Raven, Starfire, Starfire. She's not a she's not a wild card. Okay, then I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, who would be a good wild card character? Um, just trying to run through comics that I've enjoyed from DC Comics. How about the Atom? Um, he's a fun character. He's uh, he's sort of a He's sort of like Aquaman where it's like, what do you use those powers for? What's the, yeah. what's the, what's the niche you could, I like metamorpho. I think he's really fun. Oh yeah. That's good. That's a good time. Um, he shows up in justice league Europe. He's on my mind right now in my reread. Um, I'm going to name some characters and you can sort of pick from okay. this lot. Okay. Um, obviously you have everyone who's in the current justice league that we just read. Yes. Um, you've got other new gods like Orion. Oh, right. The or new light gods. Ray. How about cowboy dude from, uh, Forever from young, people. From the young forever people, the guy with the little capsules on his hat? <laughs> yeah. I know nothing about his personality. <laughs> Neither, but like just a dude that's got to constantly reach up to his hat for another little pill. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, so that guy's on the team. And I would make him like so, because I think the original forever people were very like groovy in early 70s. Like they really leaned on trying to make them like hippies. So I would have, I'd really have him hippied out. He'd be talking about free love all the time and stuff like that. 
Um, you've got Hawkman and Hawkgirl, of course. Yeah. You've got um, all the Justice Society characters, like Mr. Terrific, who's basically a Batman-ish guy. You've got... Uh, really, the Question, the Charlton guys. You got the Question. Uh, there's two questions now. So you got two options of them. You got Huntress. You got all the Bat family, right? You got mm-hmm. Batman, Nightwing, Robin, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Batgirl. They're all available to you. Um, uh, who else? You got Manhunter. Do you know Manhunter? No. The the Walt Simonson. Um, oh, yes. I do know Manhunter. Yeah. Yeah. Archie Goodwin did some Archie Man- Goodwin uh, um, sort of character. He exists. He's he's somebody you could choose. Um, uh, what what else you got? You got um, how about the what, how about the magic people? The magic dad and the magic daughter, like Zantana and Zatara. Zantana and Zatara. Zatara, I think, might be dead. Isn't Ugh. that his thing? He it's a shame. Shame. I don't know for sure. It's a shame. How about Dead Man? Um, you got dead. John Constantine. You've got um, uh, Felix Faust. Is he is he DC? I think so. Uh, you have the demon. Ooh, the demon would be fun in the Justice League. That's a real. That's a wild card for you. You I got mean, Jason. It's basically a Hulk, right? It's like having the Hulk on your team. Um, you didn't hear me say Dead Man. What do you think of Dead Man? Um, Boston Brand again. You're picking ones that's like so many times I'll get into combat where it's like eh, my powers aren't that useful here. Yeah, I'm just, just Dead Man's ra- always pretty powerful. I'm putting but. too much randoms. Okay, okay. I'm I'm going all the random ones. You can't have all. You got to have some people mm-hmm. that are actually effective. So we got Supergirl. So we got Batman, Supergirl, and Abby, Abby Holland. Abby Holland. <laughs> um, that's three. We got to do four more. Okay. Um, do you want somebody real? Uh, somebody good. Um, How about Nightwing? Oh, we already got Batman. We already got Batman. If you if you took Superman or Wonder Woman, I would have put Nightwing in. No question. I know. I, I think you're right. Um, how about how about um? Is there any kind of Wonder Woman? And from the Wonder Woman universe, who's not Wonder Woman? I mean, there's Wonder Girl and, and Troya, Donna Troy. Yeah. Um, uh, um, We're getting a little we... Teen Titans if we start doing all that. Yeah, yeah. That's the problem. Like, when I often think about it, I How think about, of like, the Teen Ma- Titans. Matter Eater Lad? I don't know. He's in the future, but I love Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't know. We've not we've not put together a good team. Congorella yeah. was on Justice League at one point. Um, everybody's been on the team at some point. It feels like you have Elongated Man and Plastic Man. It'd be really funny to have two stretchy dudes. Um, uh, who else? Who else? Um, uh, Steel. Oh yeah. He's he's pretty fun. Played by Shaquille O'Neal in the movies. Um, Deathstroke is a villain, really, more than a hero. But yeah, I, a, I I defeated him in the Batman Arkham game. Oh, congratulations! Thank you. He just had a great run, written by Christopher Priest. That was as good Ooh. as you would think by Christopher Priest. Love it. Um, uh, let's just fill it in. So we got what Batman, Abby Holland, <laughs> Supergirl, <laughs> Supergirl. <laughs> So let's throw the flash in <laughs> All as right, well. Yeah. Um, do we want a Green Lantern? Um, yeah. Which one do you want? Um, John Stewart. Great choice. Uh, so John Stewart's on the team. What's that? We're at five. Yeah. So two more. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Metamorpho. Yeah, Metamorpho is fun. That's really fun. And then we need one more. Let's do. Let's do. Um, let's do the Atom. 
Okay, yeah, he'd be fun. He's kind of like a blue beetle, like kind of a scientist nerd. Yeah, yeah. There's also you can do the second Adam, it's Ryan Choi, get a little uh, non-white man in there because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he's, he's not a white dude. So that's right. fun too. Yep. That's our um, team. Okay, that's our team. Thank you. Great question. We spent half an hour on it and still made bad choices. <laughs> For too long. Far too long. And then we just sort of phoned it in. We were writing this comic. Like, oh, we got to finish this comic. Who's on the team? DC said we could have anyone? <laughs> They rejected my first my first pick of Lois Lane, Abby Holland, and Dead Man. <laughs> <laughs> Matter Eater Lad. Um, Ethan uh, Kellum emails us. Uh, yeah. He's loving the Justice League stuff. I love Blue Beetle. I have Blue Beetle number one framed in my home. And he's referring Ooh. to the DC Blue Beetle number one by Len Wine and Paris Collins. Very cool. Um, who do you think wins in a fight? Blue Beetle or Night Owl, his Watchmen analog? Very fun question. I want to say Beetle because I feel like he's got more heart and Night Owl's kind of got self-doubt and insecurity issues. Mm-hmm. But anybody written by Alan Moore is just going to be more verbally adept and sort of make references to political situations better. And that might be an advantage in a fight. I think Blue Beetle wins. I think yeah. Blue Beetle is the pure, uh, he's the pure hero, Night Owl. It's funny because I do think Rorschach would beat Question, for example. I do think so too, yeah. Like, and definitely it's, it's, like uh, Dr. Manhattan would trounce Captain Adam. Yeah. And I don't know enough about the peacemaker to know whether he or the comedian would do well. Comedian would win, right? Comedian is ruthless. Yeah. So we picked, you've picked the one Watchmen pair up where the Ditko analog would triumph. Yeah. I think Blue Beetle would win. Uh, he feels a little younger when we most of yeah, the time. Yeah, Night Owl is done. And the, the power set is exactly the same. Yeah. So it'd be, it'd be, it's a wash that way. Uh, I'll take the guy from the universe that's not broken and depressed yeah. to have the optimism to win. Good call. Although we pick, um, we pick Watchmen Universe in almost every other matchup. Uh, Justin Bridge emails, uh, we talked a little bit about when the issue, when the Rocket Reds talk about um, atheism, mad that Guy Gardner shows up. Oh yeah, right. Um, Rocket Reds have history with the Green Lanterns because shortly before this issue was written, the Green Lantern Corps was disbanded and several Green Lanterns came to Earth to live, uh, including Kilowog, who later shows up in the Justice League. While still a Green Lantern, Kilowog explores the Earth and befriends the citizens of the USSR. The Soviet Union communism basically reminds Kilowog of his homeworld, uh, home and since the USSR don't have any heroes, he built them the Rocket Red suits. I didn't know that for the reasons you discussed. This led to the worldwide tensions. The Soviet government forced Kilowog's friends to fight him. The other Green Lanterns got involved and a big fight broke out. Hence the references to GLs by the Rocket Reds. So thank you oh, for that background. Thank you for that background, Justin. We didn't know that. Um, and he talks about a lot of other stuff that I'm not going to get into because it's uh, a long email. It's, it's personal uh, between you and him. That's right. <laughs> it's really, he's flirting with me. <laughs> um, thank you, Justin. I'm flattered. Thanks, Justin. Um, and I'll try to email a response to most of those other things. Um, we got another email from Jason. I don't know his last name. He did not say nice. That's Um, very superhero anonymous. I like it. uh, Condolences about the UCB closures. Hope you guys come back stronger than ever. The UCB, uh, New York is mostly closed down. Um, and LA, LA is at least temporarily closed down. Yeah. So thank you for that. UCB is close to our hearts. So we want good things for the UCB. Um, JLI is pretty famous for being a very funny comic as a big DC, DC and comedy nerd. I was always hoping Ben Schwartz desire to be plastic man comes to fruition. Yeah. This and hearing you talk of the sitcom style hijinks that are soon to, uh, uh, to uh, ensue in JLI made me wonder what comedians would you cast to play this iteration of justice league? 
You guys get to be Booster and Beetle. That's a mistake. That's a mistake, but we'll take it. It's a Um, huge mistake to have guys in their mid-40s. Let's at least have the mid-30s versions of us, which is still a bad choice. (laughs) (laughs) Or the 20s who couldn't act. (laughs) Yeah. We didn't have Um, the charisma we have now. I mean, we were hot. We were hot-looking, muscular pieces of ass, but we had no acting chops. All right, so what comedians? Yeah. This is sort of fun. Uh, Kate McKinnon is Black Canary. That's great. Um, I mean, it's easy to say Patrick Walburton or whatever as Batman would be sort of fun. Um, I can also see him as Martian Manhunter. Oh, yeah, that's that's a good time. Um, uh, uh, who else is on the team? Um, who's Mr. Miracle? I mean, Paul uh, Rudd, is that too much of a dumb... Ed Helms, I think. Oh no, Ed Helms would be Captain Marvel, right? Like he's kind of an a, like an innocent sort for Captain Marvel. Ed Helms could play sort of Jish Ashuks. Right. Um, um I can see Ed Helms. Uh who else are who else we who else is left? So uh, we uh, Mr. Miracle I skipped over. So Mr. Miracle I don't know, Rory Scovel. I mean, like somebody kind of like, he's kind of a, I don't know what his personality is really. Um, so I'm just thinking of people that I like. What about Avery? <laughs> Our friend Avery. Avery Monson? <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I would love, uh, I would love uh, Avery. Uh, there's a friend of mine who's not like a famous actor, although he's a very good actor named Bill Whedon. Uh, he was in a couple of UCB comedy videos, Kevin, and he's a really tremendous actor and he'd be great for Oberon. Uh, Andy Samberg should be Blue Beetle. Oh, yeah, that's a great call. That's a great call. I don't know who should be Booster Gold. Booster Gold needs to be a little better looking than that. Um, Wow, that's a little slam on Andy Samberg. I mean, yeah, Andy Samberg's I mean, hey, pretty good looking. Uh, more classically good looking, right, I think. Right. Yeah, Samberg is a comedian, right? He's just, he's funny right away, and you want yeah. someone who can at least look like a hero a little bit. So yeah. Ryan Reynolds is sort of already taking, he's not even really a comedian anymore. Um. Never was. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Blake Griffin for Booster Gold. Blake Griffin, the basketball player? Yeah. I mean, he does the improv and stuff. And <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Interesting choice. <laughs> uh, how about Guy Gardner? This is an important Oh, pick. Guy Gardner. That's the most important one. Who plays the jerk? Who plays, Who plays the like heel? A young Michael Keaton would be fun, but he was already taken as <laughs> Batman, so. And he's old now. Yeah. Who would be good? Oh, I, I, I tune out obnoxious people now, so I don't notice them as much, even though that's a classic archetype of comedians. Yeah. I mean, it would be like um, who, Dane Cook. I don't think he's a good enough actor, but like that sort of energy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you need basically a villain type. It's got to be what, somebody who would play a villain. What, oh, right? you know who could do it? Jason no. Sudeikis. Oh, that's interesting. He plays yeah, he a good heel. Yeah. But he could also play the fun, the soft side of Guy Gardner. Should Jason Bateman be in here somewhere? I mean, you might as well just cast from those movies, right? Um, Jason Bateman could probably be Booster Gold. Charlie Day? We missing a Charlie Day character? I was thinking Charlie Day for Guy Gardner for a moment, but I just don't think he's got the physique of a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Maybe a Doctor Fate where his helmet's too big, Rick Moranis style? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know they made a Justice League International pilot? No. So they did in 19, I just pulled up the thing while you were spitballing 1997. They tried to make one. I'm just reading from the Wikipedia page. Mm. Um, 
the film is interjected with mock interviews. So it looks like sort of an office type thing, maybe. I don't know if any of these actors, David Krumholtz, I know him, but I don't know who he plays in this. Um, you know, it was basically Green Lantern, Guy Gardner, Ice, The Atom, Fire, Flash, uh, uh, John Jones was David Ogden Steers. Um, and that's basically the team. Um, re- reception was terrible. It was bad costumes, bad special effects. Yeah. Uh, established JLA writer Mark Wade said the film was 80 minutes of my life I'll never get back. Ouch. And the, the movie tried to be friends with superpowers, but apparently it is not funny and not good. I've never seen it. They did um, try to do it, but uh, 97 was just too early, I think. It's too early. Effects. Like I was thinking about how The Boys came out on Amazon Prime last year and was like really good, and the effects were just so good. And The Tick is also really good and really funny, the, the most recent Amazon Prime Tick. Yeah. So. As opposed to the Fox Tick, which was like no superheroics, and even though Patrick uh, uh, Warburton was well cast, it just like... It was mostly them just standing around all the time, and the the Amazon Prime one has action, but it's also With very funny. David Serafinowitz and um, Griffin Newman. Yeah, they're both. Griffin is tremendous. Yeah, best Griffin. Ver, I think best version of the best version of Arthur and any medium. I think better Even than the, the comic book one. Nice. Better than the comic books. Better than the cartoon. Better than either the other live oh. action show. He's Spread the best. Spread the word. Arthur. Spread the word, everybody. Kevin has declared, and I trust um, Kevin's opinion. I, I've tweeted that as well. I do Damn. believe it. Hot take. Not um, a hot take, uh, but a but uh, an interesting take. It's a take. Um, this is <laughs> unrelated to anything we were talking about, but I'm going to read it to you anyway, Will. Andrew uh, emails with you for video game refer- uh, suggestions for you, Will. Okay, yeah. Since you two are such big gamers now. <laughs> just, <laughs> it's very funny to read. I mean, I kind it. of am. Yes. W- way more than I was. I mean... There's, certainly, there's gamers who put me to shame, but I've, I've played quite a number of games at this point. I moved in November. My PlayStation is still in a box. Yeah, that's uh, Though you. I play my Nintendo Switch occasionally, I play uh, Luigi's Mansion 3 <laughs> every week or so. Um, uh, I was wondering if you had any interest in checking out The Last of Us for PS4. Yeah, I've been meaning to. I'm scared to do it because it's so such a sad and bleak environment. Although uh, people universally are saying it's great, play it, but I... I've been hesitant to start it, but that... Well, he, he says the graphics are cinematic and the story is A++++. Yeah, it's supposed to be extraordinary. I mean, I've heard nothing but raves. I don't know why, what my problem is. And they've released prequel comics if you if you need a comic book in, Will. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, Andrew wants you to play that game. So there, there's our video game corner. Video game corner. Thank you, Andrew. And let's do one more because I like this one. This is from Nabil. Okay. Um, and Nabil starts, I've been following the new season of the podcast and I'm loving it. This is the first run that you guys have covered, which I've never read before. G- going through each issue of Justice League International for the first time is a treat. The humor is very endearing. Uh, and the whole idea of picking B and C list characters for the league is very refreshing. Oh, I love it. Can I, a, I love that. Yeah. Because I don't know how the humor plays for non-fans the, of this Yeah, run. for the, not the converted. Um. Uh, I was never a fan of Guy Gardner before and reading Justice League International, I must say, I like him even less now. <laughs> what a tool. I do I do like how pretty much everyone on the team can't stand him though. Um, uh, and then he goes into another thing, which I'll get into for a second. Can we talk about Guy Gardner for a second? Yes. So he is a jerk. Right. Do you like him? 
I mean, I love having him in the story. His effect on the story is great. Mm-hmm. Like, he makes the story fun and he makes stuff happen. Thus far, no, he's been irredeemable. Like, he's been unredeemable so yeah. far because he's just been self... I mean, he has not gone so far as to be evil. Like, he has done good and helped them, but he's not shown any side of honor. Usually yeah. that's what happens, right? The guy who acts like the heel is secretly, like, very brave. Right. It's kind of like the very right-wing cop who, like, mouths off but then, like, runs into the fire to save his liberal friends or something. Yeah. I have a soft spot for when the when sort of almost like a villain is part of the team. And it's okay. like, we can't get rid of this guy. He causes almost more problems than the villains we're fighting. And we can't get rid of him. I love that sort of trope. I often think of it as the... um uh, who's the guy from Lost in Space? Doctor. Um, oh yeah, God, what is his name? Um, uh, Good heavens! Uh, yes, yes. Uh, we got to look uh, it up. Yeah, got to look it up because otherwise this is feels it with an so S. St- with an S, I feel so dumb. Um, he was such a fun character. Lost in Space. I didn't see the reboot. Me neither. Uh, I didn't. I yeah. Basically, saw the bad Dr. movie. Smith. Doctor Smith. Uh, yeah, Doctor Zachary Smith. How could we not remember Smith? <laughs> because it's Smith. Uh, I love that thing. It's like he's trapped in space with his family. They're not going to kill him. He's also a doctor, I think. And I don't know if this is true in the show because I've barely watched any of it. But the idea is like that's a very useful skill set. You sort of do need him to survive. Yeah. But he is also the main problem they have in every one of their adventures. And I think that's very fun. Like it's like, oh, well, we got to work with this guy. And he's also this villain. Yeah. Uh, there's a part of Angel, a show that I loved, a spinoff of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where his it? his son joins the cast, his son who has been aged in a hell dimension um, and raised to hate Angel, joins the cast. And people hate this part of the show, and I love it because I love this character because it's like, well, Angel's never going to kill his son. He's yeah. never going to defeat his son. He wants to redeem his son. He wants his son to love him and be a good guy. And so he has to kind of deal with this bad guy forever yeah and i sort of love that trope anyway so guy Gardner feels like that to me it's like we need this powerful guy, green lantern on our team but uh, we have to put up with this jerk yeah so so i agree yeah. with nabil but i also love him for it good discussion um uh, we, this is similar to a question we've just answered but i'm just going to finish up his email uh, my question for you is if you could make up your own justice league lineup what would it look like um uh, uh, even further, if you could also pick characters from other companies like Marvel, who would be your dream team? Keep up the good work, you panty wastes. Ah, um, love it. And and I don't necessarily want to build another team because the last one took us half an hour. Yeah. Um, but uh, um, what are your principles of a team? Yeah, I and it's one thing that this Justice League doesn't actually have. I like when the powers are very uh, uh, varied powers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, well, the Fantastic Four are great in that way. Yeah. Um, everyone has a, such a distinct power set. Yeah. Uh, versus like, oh, if you've got like, like this team's got Batman and Blue Beetle and Black Canary and Mr. Miracle, I'd even put in that category. And it's like, you don't, you gain a little bit with each one of them, but there's a lot of overlap. Right. Uh, and even John Jones and Captain Marvel, there's a lot of overlap between those two. Uh, so I like when there's a variety of power sets. So I look for that. I, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm attracted to sort of 
wild card weird choices to the point where I would make a terrible team. I would need somebody to, you know, I, you know, two spots maybe could be weird choices and then you need mm-hmm. some actual, but I would have a whole team of just like, how is this a team? I mean, yeah, but I mean, if that's the story you're telling, like League yeah. of Extraordinary Gentlemen is an example of like, none of them really have powers or like, I guess in the first version, a couple of them have powers, but it's more just like they have knowledge bases. Yeah. Um, boy, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is so good. Yes. Um, um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, my, my, I think, I think personality, you know, and I have to admit like humor first, like just, I like the chaos that certain characters present. So I would pick almost how, how could this team function choices? I mean, the, the classic Claremont X-Men also did this really well. They had such varied powers. Yeah. I think that also helped it work. I, I didn't really read that run a lot. I read Excalibur though. And that also did it. Cause you had like Captain Britain. Mm-hmm. Who sort of was like your Superman, but then you had Nightcrawler. That's a very specific power. You had Rachel yeah. Gray, who's like your telekinetic. You had Shadow Cat who could walk through walls. Yeah. Um, and am I forgetting one other member? That might be it. Oh, and Megan, the shape changer. Yeah. Those are drastically um, different powers. And I love teams like that where it's like, how do those powers work together? Who cares? Everyone has their own. They're all so different. Yeah. Um, thank you for the question. Yeah. Um, uh, that's it. We've got a few more that I'm going to say for next time or at All least right. one more. Well, uh, thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next episode. We're going to go over issue seven. That's right. Justice League issue number seven. Uh, this is when it changes its title to Justice League International. Exciting. Uh, yeah. Good job, Kevin. Good job, Will. Enjoy your gray weekend. Enjoy your gray weekend. Bye. Bye. My name is Will Himes, and I am a ghostwriter, meaning I write other people's books for them. And I have a podcast called I Will Write Your Book, which are recordings of my meetings with my eccentric clients, such as a woman blocked after one sentence of a children's book about her dogs, a romance novelist who dislikes sex, and a man proud of having sampled everything in his local grocery store. This podcast has been described as fully improvised, played by some of the best comedians on the planet Earth. Hey, that's pretty good. That's I Will Write Your Book on Campfire Media. Campfire.